This is that time of year where the holidays always remind us we can get caught up in the whirlwind of all the parties and presents and gifts and getting together and celebrating. So funny because it's also the time of the year that often stirs the most pain and depression and separation. All at the same time, we're supposed to be celebrating and being merry. It reminds us often of the good things. But unfortunately with that, it also reminds us of the bad things. The things we wished we had and we don't have. The things we had and now that are gone. It's quite a time of year, all right. But what do we do with it all? That's often the challenge, but also the opportunity is what we do with it all. Not what the world does with it. Not what other people do with it. But what do we do with it all? That's always the key here. And that always comes back to our own personal choices, of what we choose for ourselves. Just know that in your choice, well, those choices do come with experiences. So as we choose into whatever it is we choose into, well, with it comes experience. And as you choose into spirit, well, with it comes the experience of spirit. And maybe we don't always recognize that experience of spirit, but yet it's always present. So a lot of this journey is one about recognizing becoming more aware and awake to that spirit within ourselves and within all things. The holidays are often a time of reminding that. And yeah, the world celebrates and it's become commercialized. So what? Why make it a big deal? Why get all upset with it? That upsetness just keeps us more caught up in it. Why not enjoy it? Let the world do what it does. Enjoy the world rather than always resisting and fighting with it. I know that's easier said than done, including for myself. In fact, today may be a mixture of spiritual sharing and personal sharing. I may have a few tears today, just to warn you. I may have a few apologies, just to warn you. Well, I say that because it's been quite a ride. Many of you have seen me and watched me over the years myself before moving in to this role of sharing that I am. I ought to say one of the biggest things for me has really been about humility. Believe it or not, some of you would think, no, Jim's the humble one, not Brian. He's just an ass. I mean, you know, he's... A loving ass, but still, I'm going to take this time and offer to those of you who've had your processes with me and how I express myself. I know sometimes in the way I share or confront people, sometimes people get upset with me and disturbed by the things I do or say. But I really want you to know, I've always had a very specific intention in anything and everything I've ever done. And that's always been to cut through all the stuff that would separate us from God. 
and waking up and knowing that truth for ourselves. I know what it takes, and I know it's not easy a lot of the times. But if you're willing to do it and walk through it all, it can be done. And hopefully, hopefully, I'm an example of that. And that's where it's funny to talk about humility, because when we start talking about oneself or ourself or myself in this case, it can sound like an ego statement. But isn't that part of the learning, is to see what the ego is and see what the spirit is that is living and expressing through the ego? Isn't that what we're all learning? I'll tell you what, there ain't no spiritual teacher who's perfect physically, personality-wise, ego-wise, behavior-wise. And Jim and I have never professed to be that. But nonetheless, in our fantasies, we always think of that. I did. Thought a spiritual teacher's perfect, and I thought they don't have any problems. They got more problems than everybody else, I'll tell you that. But that's part of the action is being able to work with all the problems. Willing not to avoid or run away, but rather to begin to look at things directly, to confront. This is a journey of confrontation. Make no mistake about it. But are we confronting the ego or are we confronting the spirit? Well, guess what? In truth, it's going to be a bit of both. Ultimately, it's about confronting the divine within each of ourselves. But in that walk of confrontation, it's also a walk of beginning to confront all the illusions, all the games, all the disturbances, our own ego, our own mind and emotions, our own fantasies and wishes and wants. It's confronting all of it. And some of that confrontation is quite painful and disturbing. And most, all of us, are always running, trying to get away from that. Not realizing that actually feeds it, causing more pain, more disturbance. To ever run here and there, to this person, to that person, to this thing or that thing, ever hoping to feel better, to calm the disturbance. And for a moment, we feel maybe a calm, and then it starts up again. And so we ever go searching and looking for the next thing, hopefully to answer whatever that disturbance is inside. Wondering, is there really a God? Is there truly peace or love in this world? Well, that's part of the game. It's not in this world. It's a big game. Hide and seek. Seek and find. We can find it, but often we look. What is that song? Looking for love in all the wrong places. That's the journey. People call it karma. Call it whatever you want. But it is a game. But if you realize that, why not let it be okay? And realize no matter what you're doing, it's really okay. So on one level even, as I offer up my apologies, if I've ever done or said or anything to disturb you or cause you any grief or stress, on one level I'm sorry for that because that's not my intention to cause disturbance. 
And on another level, level, I'm not sorry because the intention is and always has been to cause awakening, to cause loving, to cause an opening in the disturbance in the ego so that we can begin to see that light of loving within ourselves. And I know that. And this is part of what I signed up for. It was given to me as a choice. I had to make the choice to do what I'm doing today. And boy, at the time, I was all for it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Sign me up. Fifteen years later, yeah, woo I need a holiday and a long one. A real long one. Can't get away from it anymore. There ain't no breaks, even when we say we're going on a break. It's funny on one level, but you guys don't necessarily see all the yelling, the crying, the yelling out the crying. Because that energy's got to move. What does the role of a teacher do but help the disciple in moving that energy inside of themselves? When we've talked about initiation, when we put that out there, what is that? But extending the hand of God so that when you're ready to take that hand and to begin the journey back home to God, well, the journey is through a lot of the disturbance. The disturbance is really just those things that have separated us from God. In truth, as you know, there is no separation. There's just the appearance and the illusion of it. But oh my God, does it seem so real. And the experience can be painful. The funny thing is, when we finally acknowledge the truth, it does begin to free up that pain and disturbance. And that is the whole reason why I do what I do. And it seems confrontational. It seems like I may be picking on you and teasing you and you think I'm putting you down. I'm not. But guess what? Whenever it is spoken, the disturbance inside of us, it brings it to the surface and we can no longer hide and run away from it. And so we go into disturbance and we blame the source of which we perceive caused it, or brought it to the surface, or triggered it. Yeah, that's what projection's all about. But hopefully in that, that as we begin to see the things we project, that in seeing that, we can begin to find a way to begin to take ownership and responsibility for the disturbance, rather than blaming the world and others for having done it to us. There's a lot of shit I put up from you too, you know. It's a two-way street. I'm willing to play though. And so are you. That's why you keep showing up, isn't it? And even with all that junk, we somehow find the loving through it all. And that's the wonderful part and why we keep showing up. Whether it's coming to a class like this, or whether it's just showing up every day when we wake up in this body. Well, I showed up. 
I didn't want to today, but here I am. So on some level, I made a choice to show up, didn't I? I didn't die today. Sometimes we wish we would. But why not show up and start facing whatever it is? And I've shared this before and I'll always share it. Because when you're willing to face or confront whatever that is inside of you or outside of you, if it seems that way, just by willing to look is an action of loving. And that's one of the biggest messages I want to share. Just by being willing to look. This is why we don't talk about prayer in here. People pray for things because they're trying to get rid of the things they don't want and get the things they do want. But guess what? If you're willing to look, that's going to happen anyway because you are that light of loving that you're trying to do through prayer, that you're giving things up to God, that you're inviting God into. You are that God essence and expression. So wherever you look, wherever you place your focus, your attention is where the light of God's loving goes to including into yourself. Looking out here, your loving goes out here. Looking in here, your loving goes in here. What do we do in meditation? Look in and look up. So when we look up, our loving goes to God. When we look in, our loving goes in. But when we begin to look in rather than out, then that loving we've directed simply as it goes back in well, it's got to go in through all those things, those belief systems, emotions, imaginational fantasies that we've created in order to get back into the truth that we call the divine or the spirit. We've got to go through all that stuff. That's why it's so challenging to meditate. Well, it's such a simple action. Sit down, close my eyes, hue. Well, then why do we have such a hard time with it? It's so simple. It's all that other stuff that is in there that's made it hard. Meditation's not hard. Spirit's not hard. None of that is. Loving, accepting, forgiving is the easiest thing we can do. It's all the other stuff. But that's why I keep saying, just willing to look is an action of loving. It's an action of acceptance. If you're not willing to look, you're not accepting. If you're willing to look, automatically it's saying you're accepting. So maybe it's time to take a closer look to realize the greater depth of what we're actually doing. Not only in meditation, but simply in our own divine awareness of where we place our attention. These aren't just fancy words. You are the light of loving, the powers within you. You're a majestic, magical manifester, co-creator. It's what everybody says, and I know people who live the words rather than the truth of what those words are. They like that over there. (laughs) 
I can only imagine if we were one of those hallelujah groups, man. Jim and I would never get a word in. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> See how easy it is? Because <laughs> that one had a little energy on it. So. But that is the truth. We are that. But beyond the fancier, fun, or cute little phrases and words, in here, what we're doing really is wanting to go into the experience and the knowing of it beyond the words. The words are just guideposts to give us an idea, a direction to place our attention into. But you've got to be willing to do it all. This is what surrender looks like. So to this day, that's the truth. Always has been. <laughs> Told you I'd cry today. It's not an outer worship. It's an outer expression of an inner truth. Jim gets the best and the worst of me. <laughs> you think you've seen stuff in the class, you ain't seen nothing with what he's had to go through. And I do that for myself. The theme today for me in meditation was humility. And that's what comes up because this is how it began for me 15 years ago. I haven't forgotten. I'm apologizing to Jim in front of you all as part of this action because he's heard the worst of it. Often taken the blame and the brunt of it. So I guess Christmas is also a time of forgiveness and forgiving Jim for all the shit he's put me through. <laughs> if he wouldn't have said yes, this would have not have happened. And I'm sharing the same with you all too. It's all I can ever hope to be is demonstrate, to share my experience. There's no magic in being a spiritual teacher, I'll tell you that. You just do the best you can, and believe me, at times you do pretty bad. So you do the worst you can as well as the best you can. Maybe we all need a little of that. Stop trying to do the best you can and just let it be whatever you're doing no matter what it looks like. What I've learned is that if you're willing to do it, it's all going to happen. But sometimes it's pretty damn hard. If you're willing to cry, if you're willing to open up and be vulnerable, that's how you get through it. That's where the humility is. 
that could be like humiliation and embarrassing. Laying down like that in front of somebody. What does everybody think? It's a lot. It's a lot to get through all that stuff. What does everybody think? What do we think of ourselves? Because we're always trying to project an image the way others will perceive us. Just trying to build ourselves up because of where we're insecure or judging or in fear in ourselves. Do whatever it takes to set yourself free. So I hope you know when I share in here, I really mean it. We can talk about anything here. and You've got to be willing to, to set yourself free. I have to do it to this day. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Because sometimes all that stuff builds and builds and builds. And sooner or later, it's got to find a release. We've got to do something to release that. Meditation every day is an opportunity to release that. But even in there, we hold back. Here's an opportunity to do that. You guys remember years ago, if you were coming back then, when Jim used to do the communion ceremony? What was that about? but giving up to God all those things that separate us from God. That's what that was. Well, I know we haven't done the communion ceremony in a while. But you guys know why I talk about communion in action, about communication? Well, what you've heard me share over the years is just simply the same thing Jim has always shared, but simply in the way that I've been expressing it. It's not different. It's just a different expression. The communion in action is something on a daily basis we want to do. Not just as a ceremony in class where we write something on a piece of paper, drop it off in the basket, have a little piece of bread and wine or grapefruit juice in our case with it. But as an outer ritual in action, it's a nice action well, we can do that all the time without having to do all the outer ceremony of it. And that's where humility comes in. Because all it is is being willing or humbled to let go of all those things that the ego wants to hang on to. Most people think of humility with dealing with big egos. Oh, they got such a big ego, they're not humble. People look at the small egos that are so quiet and introverted, oh, they're more humble. Don't let outward appearances fool you. There's just two extremes of the polarity. Sometimes a small ego is because they're so scared they're all pulled in. Sometimes a big ego is because they're all so scared they're pulled out. Haven't you seen that in people you know? We all have those. And yeah, there's people in the world living it. Is there examples we see, the extremes? It's all, it's all there for us, not to judge the person, but to learn by their example. That's part of what I try to do here. Try to give all the examples. Demonstrate a few of them along the way. But not to prove anything. Simply, hopefully, to show a way 
to stir a possibility, to open a door. Not only for each of you, but to continue to do so for myself as well. Because if I don't do this every day for myself, it backs up on me too. That's kind of a little bit of what's been going on. But then it can be that easy to let it go. None of this is to prove a point. It's all just to give an idea. And maybe in witnessing that, hopefully move and stir that within us so that we can begin to see how to do that for ourselves. So one of the things I'm going to ask from each of you is to start participating more. Don't hold back anymore. Did you know that holding back or avoiding allows fear to suppress you? Even if you're not actively promoting fear or creating fear in your life, a lot of you are afraid to do things because you're afraid you're going to create more karma because that's a bad thing, you know. Well, that holding back or avoiding is actually allowing fear to control you more, to suppress you. You that is that light and loving of spirit. The only way through it is through it. By taking action. Looking, listening, speaking, participating, moving, taking the steps. That's really the key through all of it. Meditation and the sacred name that we talk about and use. Well, that's doing it. I've heard it put this way. Prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. And another form they call this in the East is a spiritual exercise that is going to God. Well, we just call this an active meditation with the sacred name. That's that going to God. Yes, pray. Talk to God. Yes, meditate. Listen to God. That's all part of it. But are you praying to get something from God? Or are you talking and sharing with God, just as you've heard Jim over the years as a child before learning the meditation we do now? Most of the time when people talk or pray, they're doing it all in their head. That's mentalizing. When you talk to somebody else, you know the difference when you talk and share, when you listen, the energy, as compared to when you're just going over things in your head? Well, that's the difference. If you talk to God, it'll move just like when you talk to another person here. So do talk to God as well. I don't care if you call it prayer or just talking to God or sharing with God. Do it. It's part of the actions. Lord, I love you. And also be open and listen for God's loving you back. Do all that. Out here, what we do with one another, the relationship we have with one another is the relationship we hold inside of ourselves with God. Where you participate with people is what you're doing with God. Where you hold back from other people is what you're doing with God. That's why if you pay attention to how you're living your life, it'll give you an idea of how you're living with God. 
That's the truth. This outer reflection. It's a reflection. It's a mirror. It shows us what we're doing or not doing or how we're doing things. So if you pay attention to that, it can give you the guidepost to see where you can change course if you want to do it differently in more of an expression and loving, giving and receiving with that movement of God, even if it looks like it's in the world. What do you think animates the whole world? It's God. It's the essence of spirit that animates and gives life to everything. So in truth, we're relating to God all the time, everywhere. It's just beginning to look at it that way so that it now begins to serve you and then it's an opportunity that will work for you rather than work against you because you're looking at it in a way that it's negative and it works against you. The world will work for us or against us totally depending on how we look at it and make it that way. I've had the most negative experiences that have actually been the greatest support to me spiritually. Simply because of the way I looked at it. And I've had experiences in the past that have been very negative because I looked at it very negatively. You know the phrase, beauty's in the eye of the beholder? Well, you see, that's the truth. There's another good one. That's the truth. It's not just beauty. How we look at things is what makes it beautiful or ugly. It's our own projection. But we have to begin to truly understand that and really begin to make that shift in our own consciousness for that change to take place. Why do you think so many places that are doing spiritual actions always call it transformation? We are transforming our perception. That's why we say look in and up instead of down and out. It can be simple as that. As we look in and up towards spirit, we'll begin to see things more from that spiritual perspective. When we look down and out, we simply see things more from that physical perspective. Does that sound metaphysical or magical or mystical to you? And yeah, we've got to keep doing it. Just as it took us time to get focused into this way, repetition, it takes time. That's why to call it the repetition of the sacred name. The repetition of the meditation. The repetition of LAF. The repetition of taking responsibility for your thoughts and feelings, actions and reactions. It's repetition. People like to say, are you brainwashing? Are you a cult? I go, yes, we are. <laughs> we are totally trying to wash our brains of all the garbage So that we've got a nice, purified, transformed consciousness so that we really can begin to perceive and live more from that place of spirit and loving and accepting. That's what it's about. Well, why do people do that? That's just fear talking. But if you realize everybody's living in fear and all we're doing is projecting fear out in the world on everybody, well, what are we going to see but the reflection of the fear back to us from what we're projecting? 
If you understand what I'm saying right now, you can totally turn your world upside down in a nice way. Because you can begin to now look at things with loving and then what's reflected back to you, but loving. That's how this works. That's the game. Hide and seek. Seek and find. Literally, you'll turn your world upside down. The day that I first went up through all these realms we talk about and into the soul realm, why I came across that surface of the lake of reflection we talk about and other people have called the cosmic mirror, when you're looking at it, it looks like you're going up. And as I went up and through it, it literally flipped over. It's like the whole universe turned upside down and then I ended up in the soul realm when I was going down. I was going up, it turned over, I was going down, and then I was up in the soul realm. And what is the soul realm but truly being fully awake spiritually to the truth of who we are spiritually? This world is upside down because the reflection in the mirror, it appears that way, but we've gotten so used to it, we think this is what's right side up. So when we start moving spiritually back in and up, our world seems to turn upside down because everything is flipped over and we get all disturbed and stressed out by it because of all the change going on. But that change is the transformation of our consciousness that is now realigning itself to the truth that is spiritually and letting go of the illusion that is just simply a reflection of the spiritual. It's just a reflection. As above, so below. In our new calendar that you got, did you see that one page where it says, as above, so below, and there's a reflection of the beautiful sunset up above and on the surface of the water, it looks exactly the same. But if you look at the water, it's upside down, right? That's exactly how it works. So we have the reflections in the world as a reminder of the truth that is inside. Again, they're just reminders. But use the reminders to support yourself in your transformation of beginning to turn your world upside down so you end up in spirit. What is it? Ass backwards or back asswards? What do they call that? That's what it seems like a lot of the time. And a lot of the time we are backing into these things until one day it does turn around on us. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves inwards and upwards rather than down and out. Even those phrases, down and out. How are you feeling today? I'm kind of down and out. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling up. Yeah, those are all words that kind of describe where our consciousness is focused in the moment. And up and down, up and down, back and forth, we go. Every time we go down, we look how we can turn back up. And every time we're up, we want to go higher up. And so the journey goes. Two steps forward, one step back. And then two steps forward again. If you're willing to be humble, sacrifice of all the things you think are right or you're trying to control, be willing to surrender and let go. Well, that's how you write your world. And it's not about being right or righteous. 
It's about correcting inside of you what's been off kilter. It's about realigning and rebalancing. And we all know what it is. It's not that hard. You don't have to be a mystic or a psychic to figure it out. That's why in here we try to share, just like I said, all you got to do is look at the universe around you and how you're perceiving things. That'll let you know right there. And having this information, you go, oh my God, there it is. Okay, so the choice is mine. Let me begin to change inside of myself how I want to perceive and look at myself, the world, my journey. How about everything? The way I want to look at everything is more from that spiritual perspective. And in this case, I did not say loving. You know why? Because a lot of times, a lot of us think loving is always so warm and fuzzy. That's how we want it to be all the time. A lot of the times, loving is very direct. The sword of truth. You've heard that? The sword of truth? That's a freaking sword. It cuts things away that could hurt. And that's how it feels sometimes. And where I go back to my apologies of sometimes where I am direct like that and it feels hurtful. I know it scares people. I know some people don't share because they're afraid Brian's going to yell at me. But realize that's the fear speaking. But if we're willing to surrender and let go of that fear, how many of you have had that fear and then all of a sudden I'm really nice to you? Wow, he wasn't mean to me like that other person. Because it's not about me. A lot of the role of a spiritual teacher is to also help reflect back to what's running in the disciples' consciousness so that they can see their projection in the world and learn from it. So when you come from a loving place, what's reflected back? Loving. When you come from a loving place, but you're in disturbance at the same time, what's reflected back? The disturbance and the loving. You like I threw that in there? Because the truth is, the loving is behind it all, regardless of what it looks like on a behavioral level. The loving's behind it all. It's just that times we can be caught up in the separation and the illusion, so what's reflected back is more of the disturbance of that. When we're in that peaceful, aligned, loving place, what's reflected back? More of a peaceful, aligned, loving place. If you understand that, and maybe, hopefully, you can begin to see how to support yourself and let the reflection, as it reflects back to you, be a tool to help you see where you're coming from within yourself. Is that making sense? Let me get an amen. No. <laughs> oh my God, no, let's not go there anymore. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> what the hell? We'll what? What the hell? What the hell? We'll stick with that mystical, magical, co-creator, majestic manifesting stuff. <laughs> hell yeah. That's what we're doing here, though, is sharing all this, because in the sharing, we'll look. Just in the looking, things are going to start to shift inside of you just because you're willing to look. It'll shift because then in that, 
that light of your own soul that is looking at this will begin to now shine on it and reveal it. What do you think spiritual revelation is? It's the light of spirit that brings in the light, opens it up, and reveals to us the truth of what's going on. Whether it's the truth spiritually or whether it's the truth within the darkness, the truth is, yes, I've been living this crap, but now I know it. Well, that's also saying, and now in that knowing, you can make a different choice and start to live more of the freedom rather than being stuck and caught up in that darkness. And I hope you even get all my gestures and the way I put things around negativity and darkness because it's not. It's a game. But if you make it negative, well, guess what? You're the one who's making it negative. We ourselves are making it negative. It of itself is not. But for a little fun, let's feed it. Let's make it more negative so it gets more obvious. And that's what we do when we say, oh my God, they're so dramatic. They're over-dramatizing things. Well, that's often how we learn. We over-exaggerate, over-dramatize it because when it's so in our face, then we'll find we cannot help but look. And then when we look, it's now going to reveal itself to us. That's just often how we operate. The bigger the problem is, the more we're going to learn from it because it's so big everywhere we look, there it is. But that's us that's creating that. That's the whole thing about co-creator, being a creator. If you realize you're the one who's creating it, well then hopefully you'll realize you're the one who can create whatever you want and then let go of the creations you don't want. And there, therein lies the magic. Because when you really begin to shift and transform your perception and you begin to see literally and discover what we call being a co-creator and that movement of your own creativity, the spirit that you are and loving, well, one, yeah, you're going to have that experience of empowerment. You'll see you are a powerful creator and that's part of the process of transformation is when you begin to see that you are a powerful creator. Well, then what do you want to create and what do you want to let go of creating that maybe doesn't serve you anymore? Everything serves us, but at some point, some of the things we've been creating stop serving us because now they're working against us with our new found vision or focus. That's why the whole thing of stepping stones the stairway, that which was once such a great experience for you now turns negative. It didn't really turn negative. It means, okay, maybe the lesson's learned. Maybe the karma's done. Maybe now you can use it as a stepping stone to step up now to the next lesson, the next opportunity, the next action of creating to ever lift us up higher or lower. Again, depending on how we perceive it. If we look at it that way, we can, instead of stepping up, we'll be stepping down. Well, guess what? Sometimes we've got to step down into our creations to fully learn them before we can step above, above them. That's why we don't want to make anything wrong 
It's all there to serve us and we can learn from all of it. And if we look at it that way and approach it that way and do it that way, then it will all serve us and we will learn from it all. And then automatically when you do it that way, you will rise above it simply because of the way you're choosing to perceive and to participate with it. So here we are, coming towards the end of another year. What a lot of people do, New Year's and Year's End, it's an opportunity to look at the past year, our whole life for that matter if you want, to look at what's unfolded, what you've learned, what's complete, what's incomplete. It's a good time of year to look at it. What do you want to let go of? What do you want to resolve? Your New Year's resolutions? But as you know in here, we're not about New Year's resolutions. We're about liberation. So a lot of it is letting go, but part of that letting go is also letting God. So we can let go of the past year, and next year we can start letting God. But really, that's what we want to do every day. So it's great to do those exercises, making all your New Year's resolutions and your bucket lists or end of the year lists or whatever and crossing them off and seeing what you want to focus on or do next year, seeing what you want to complete this year besides your taxes. So I had a little bit to get off my chest today. Was that really just all me? Or is it also a little part of you? Or a big part of you? Are you willing to do what it takes to really set yourself free? To wake up and literally see the face of God? What are you willing to sacrifice to do that? And when I say sacrifice, I don't mean physically. Physical has nothing to do with it. In fact, the day you stop making it all about the physical is the day it's going to really start to change. When we keep making it about the physical, we keep having more of the physical. The day we stop making it about the physical, making it about the spiritual, is the day it really becomes more spiritual. So instead of trying to look at the world in a spiritual way, how about just look into spirit? Because in truth, that is the only spiritual way. It's about us redirecting our focus and attention, not about trying to control or create a perfect world or a heaven on earth. Good luck with that. People have been trying for a long time, and it creates more hell. As you know, this is what we share in Interlight Ministries, and a lot of people don't like what we have to share. A lot of people do. Because it works. When we really make it about spirit, we get spirit. If we're trying to bring in God to triumph and change the world, we're making it about the world. This is about going home to God. This is about waking up to God. It's not about getting rid of the world or transforming the world. It's simply letting go of our attachments and our perceptions of the world. That's all inside. There's nothing to do with the world out here. It's all inside of ourselves. That's all we've ever been talking about in here. That's why we say 
You don't have to even come to classes and do all this. All you have to get is the information and the know-how to do it all inside. But that's what we're doing in classes, is giving the information and the know-how. And it often takes the repetition over and over till we start to really learn that, because that's just how this works. That's why it's great to come to classes. That's why it's great to participate outwardly in these things, but not just because of the <coughs> outer participation, but because that outer participation helps us with the inner. That's what it's about. And I'll tell you what, funny thing is how this works, all the things you're wanting to change in your life physically, they often will change when you really now make it about the inner. Because when it changes inside of you, your outer reflection is going to change. If you try to change the outer, you're just going to be fighting and fighting and fighting with it all the time. As soon as you let go of the outer, all of a sudden it'll change because you've let go. And now are really making it more about God and the inner rather than then God and the outer. You know, I know we don't use a lot of spiritual terminology for the most part. You don't hear us talking in religious ways for that very reason. Because people get hung up on the words and the righteous and the wrongteousness of everything. Has anybody found that word out there yet? Wrongteousness? I've been putting it out there. One of these days, hopefully it'll be on Wikipedia or something. So there's the righteousness. There's got to be a wrongteousness. Two sides of the same coin. Yep. We use coinage to pay off our karmic debt, right? Do you guys notice Jim and I kind of talk differently than where you'll find in a lot of things? Because things are changing. The old traditions we've got to let go of and let them die off. And not start new traditions, but rather live into the freedom from letting go of the old traditions. This isn't about a new age on planet Earth. This is about renewing ourselves spiritually, regardless of our age, or the planet's age, or the universe's age, or anything having to do with time and space. That's why spirit's always in the now. I said to Jim today, as we were driving, I said, I think I'm going to have a long sharing today. And I know I could keep going on, but I know I already have been for a while, so I'm going to save a little more for the Q&A time and give Jim at least a little opportunity to share if he would like now. <laughs> I could keep going. There's a lot more, but I'm going to shut up for one moment.